Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 15 and let me just give you some word today. Oh, we need the word. This hour we're living. That's what we're going to read about to start off with here. I'm so thankful and glad you came to church today because it's, it's the word that's going to hold you above. Just as Peter was held above by the word of Jesus to come forth, you will be held by consuming and looking at him. I'm so glad you came today and I want you to see this in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. And I love this. It says, For your words were found, and I ate them. And your, your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. If, there's right there a good clue that if my heart is not rejoicing, I'm not in the word. If I'm not going forward, I am not hungry enough for the word. And you say, well, how do you get hungry enough for the word? You read it, and that hunger develops. And it talks about coming inside of me. For it says, for I, called by, for I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers, nor did I rejoice. Jump on down to verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if you return, then I will bring you back. If you're here today and you've been away, it says, if you will return, then I will bring you back. You will stand before me if you take out the, the precious from the vial. You shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. For I will make you to this people fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you. Hallelujah. How many are thankful? God is with us to save us, to deliver you, says the Lord. And I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. And so many are frightful and the word on the TV and everywhere is going around about being frightful of what might could happen and how many enemies are rising up against America and the different things that could happen. But what we got to understand, this is the hour to just get more and more into the word and get the word into us so that when the terrible and the wicked does arise, we are established in a position to where the evil can come in seven different directions, but it will not rise up and touch you in the name of Jesus. Amen. But what I want to share with you that I started last week about becoming... God conscience so we can become confidence in God. And I was just at a meeting and, and the pastor was telling me about his son who had an inner ear infection and it actually blew out his eardrum and now he's deaf in that ear and he's a worship leader. He needs that ear but now it's blown out and he's only got one ear. And, I said, and we were sitting there and he was sitting there and I said, well, listen, I said, God healed me of a busted eardrum. I got an inner ear infection. Y'all heard me tell the story. My eardrum busted. The doctor said it was busted that I'll never hear out of that ear again. And I just stood on my, the word of God. I was deaf for a month. My wife would tell me to pray preach louder or, or be uh, quieter. I'd play the guitar by the rhythm on my arms. I could, the vibrations. And I went through that for a month. And then God gave me a brand new eardrum. And I'm telling my story. And it's like he's looking at me like, hurry up with your story. I want to tell you about my building. And I'm thinking, hello, I want to talk about miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm telling, I want to tell what God did to me and I can pray for your son. But no, 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 I want to talk about something else. So I went out and I told somebody at the sound booth what I said. I heard they told me about his ear. I said, yeah, I heard about it. I said, but God gave me a new eardrum. Then they changed the subject. And I'm thinking, hey, are we not? Are we so material conscience 
that we can't be miraculous conscious about who our God is? I mean, they're busy talking about the market and they're busy talking about mortgages and they're busy talking about all these things today. Well, we ought to be talking about our God to them even on the TV. We ought to be saying, yeah, that's your words, but I got a higher word from a higher authority who speaks into my life. If we're going to walk in these days when there's wars of threatening and famine and sword, we've got to become more and more God conscious. Look with me quickly in Jeremiah, I mean Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Because as we become God conscious that God is always continually around us and we're coming into knowing Him in deeper ways and greater revelation, then, then we won't be fretful of what men can say. Proverbs chapter 3, look at verse 26. Well, look at verse 25. It says, do not be afraid. He says here, do not be afraid of sudden terror. Do you see that? Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Well, what are we worried about? People are worried about terrorists. He's saying, don't be afraid of sudden terror. Nor of the trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. And will keep your foot from being caught. Amen. Do you see that? The Lord will be your confidence. It goes on to say in Jeremiah 16, 19. Just write this down. and Write these scriptures down for your building up. It says in Jeremiah 16, 19. Lord, you are my strength and fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. It says in 17, 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made, have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Say that with me. Confidence. He has made them their hope and confidence. Jeremiah 10, starting with verse 6 says, For Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you, O King of nations? That title belongs to you alone. Among the wise of the earth and in all the kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. Verse 10 says, But the Lord is the only true God. He is the living God, the everlasting King. The whole earth trembles at His anger. The nations cannot stand to His wrath. Verse 32 says, verse 12, I'm sorry. But God made the earth by His power. He preserves it by His wisdom. With His own understanding, He stretched out the heavens. When He speaks in the thunder, the heaven roars with rain. He causes the clouds to rise above the earth. He sends the lightning with the rain. He releases the wind from His storehouses. The whole all human race is foolish and has no knowledge. That's our God. Proverbs 14, 26 says this. Those who fear the Lord have strong confidence. Say confidence. Another translation says those who fear the Lord are secure. And listen to what it goes on to say. He will be a refuge for their children. Do you hear that? He will be a refuge for their children. Verse 27 says... The fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. It offers, choose you this day, the blessing or the cursing. It offers escape from death. But I want you to see that word. Those who fear the Lord are secure, have strong confidence. It means confidence. It means to be strong. But listen to this. Come here, man. Or you got a Bible in your hand? You taking notes? No, that's all right. Come see my brother. Come here. You ain't got a Bible in your hands. I want to show you. I want to show you what the word confidence means. It means to be attached. They that fear the Lord are attached 
to God. And He is a refuge for their children. When evil comes, their foot will not be taken. There was a movie a while back where it showed two brothers who were uh, twins connected at the hip. And they had, everywhere they went, they had to go. And you might have seen that on TV, that they were baby, they were brothers who were attached. Well, that's what the Word of God is trying to give us in this Word. If you want me to be your confidence, you've got to be attached to me. You've got to be attached to my Word. You've got to be attached spirit to spirit, name to name, blood to blood. You've got to be attached because if you're attached with me, there's no nuclear warhead that can destroy when you're attached to me. Thank you, brother. And you say, well, how in the world can that happen? Listen. Have you ever read the toast testimonies of soldiers? Of course, it's not going to be on TV. But I remember reading the story about some soldiers in World War II. They were on a ship and every day they would get together and hold hands on the ship and they would pray and plead the blood of Jesus over the ship that they were on. And they claimed that no weapon formed against them would prosper. And they can't tell the times that bombs from the enemy would land on the boat and bounce off like a basketball. That is the type of God we serve. But... My boat, my car, my kids, my everything has to be attached to God. Where I go, God, God is with me. In Him, we live, we move, and we have our being. That word confident means I'm attached to the God who is the creator, the restorer, and the perfecter, and the protector of everything. Attached to God. There's no separating. They can separate state and church, but they can't separate church from God. Well, what are we going to do? They separate the church from the state. Well, I didn't ever heard about them separating the church from God. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. So it talks about being connected there. Isaiah verse 30, verse 15 says, This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Oh, in returning to me and resting in me, you will be saved in quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would have none of it. He's talking about, about letting the Lord be our strength and confidence. Now that word saved there is the Hebrew word Yasha, which is, comes from the word Yeshua, which is Jesus, the Messiah. And he says that he would be saved. And that word saved there means to get victory to, to preserve and to rescue. But listen, write this down. That word saved means deliverance from very real enemies. I mean, the worst of the worst. It means to be saved from the very real enemies. And write this down. That word saved there means to be rescued and saved from catastrophe. Catastrophe. Oh, what are we going to do if we have a catastrophe? Well, I'm connected to God. I'm connected to God. I'm not going to worry about what could happen. I'm connected to God. Amen. And it also means, listen to this, the deliverance and the concern for your physical as well as your emotional well-being. Amen. Have you ever been? People are all upset. He says, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come back in me. Get back in my word. There is no reason for you to be all a mess about what could happen and what has happened or what you're going to do. He says, wait a minute. In quietness and peace. You're, listen, you know what, guys? You're going to have to settle down. You're not going to find me 
And oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do if we're going to lose our job? What happens if this is going to happen? What happens if we lose our house? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Who's going to bail us out? Uh, my kids don't love me, so I know they're not going to take me in their home. And if I lose my home, then where I'm going to eat? I'm going to end up living on the bridge. I wonder, I, I, I don't know if I could go, I don't know if I could go live at the Salvation Army. I, I, I don't know if I could do that again. What am I going to do? He says, wait a minute. You'll never find me in the answer in that type of atmosphere. It's in quietness and rest you find your deliverance in your emotional and physical state. It's right there that you are delivered from the very real enemies that are attacking you. You know what the media says? We make money on fear. We get ratings on fear. So they just keep building it and building it and building it. We need to be building the word more and more as they're trying to build up terror and fear. If you find a little area of in your heart or mind that starts going towards the area of fear, then that just means you're not feeding enough on the Word of God to tear that fear out. Because they make money and they, they do all these different things and all of a sudden it realizes everybody starts... Get, it's amazing that all the books on the end times start coming out when things start happening like right now. You know, I want to know about the end times, but I need to know how to live in protect my family right now in these times. Amen. So I want to encourage you about that because God is a protector. I read this testimony about this lady in Dallas. She was worried about her son. Her son worked nights and he rode a motorcycle there in Dallas and this was just happened not long ago and he wasn't home yet. So she says, she got her daughter-in-law and says, well, let's go look for him. So they got on the highway and they were going and all of a sudden around 6 o'clock in the morning, here they see him coming on, on his motorcycle and he was going about 50 miles an hour on his motorcycle and all of a sudden they saw him, his head go down as he fell asleep riding his motorcycle, and they were right there, and they saw when the motorcycle flipped and he went flying, he didn't have a helmet on, and he was just all over the place, and he saw, they saw people on that side of the highway going to check him out, and so they found a place to turn around, went back, and they didn't know what they were going to find when they walked up to him, and they walked up to him, he was just coming to not even a scratch, not even a broken bone, nothing. Why? Because she had made the Lord her refuge, and he became the refuge of their children. I remember the time I was on a swing there in Argentina, just sitting there swinging. And Cody and a neighbor boy was climbing this tree. And I heard when the limb broke and I saw Cody falling down. And when he got about four feet from the ground, I saw him just stop in the air and just float down to the ground, hit the ground and get back up. Why? Because our God is a refuge and a very help in trouble. Amen. We don't have to be worrying, living worried about what if this is going to happen? What if that's going to happen? God promised he is going to protect us. Listen to this. When Israel became a nation, they were 650,000 in their army. There was 50 million Muslims who wanted to attack and destroy them. When they went to war with, with very low weaponry, it's the Jewish soldiers were saying that as they would go over hills, that the tanks and the armory of the Arabs, the uh, Muslims, would just stop running and they would be paralyzed. And sometimes the Arabs wouldn't even see the Jews. Their eyes were blinded as their military were passing. And there's just testimony after testimony of God, how God protected them. How many of you know He protected them then? He's going to protect them and us now. Amen. Now, now listen to this. They tell the story that when Stalin, in 59, he wanted to kill the Jews that were left over in Russia because he killed more Jews than Hitler did. And he wanted to kill even more. Well, as he was getting ready, two weeks from the date when he was sending his armies to annihilate the Jews in Russia, all of a sudden he had an aneurysm. 
And 70 of the best Soviet doctors started trying to save his life, and he died on that table two weeks from when his army was supposed to go and annihilate the Jews. How many know the same thing happened to Herod? Herod had killed John, uh, killed James, and then all of a sudden he saw how the people liked it, so he got Peter. He was going to cut Peter's head off, and all of a sudden he says, I am a God, and the worms ate him. The aneurysm they had, why does it make you think what's going on with the president of Korea? Listen, I told you before, why is it that we take everything that man says by the way they say it and we get God out of the picture? Don't we say, uh, don't we decree that God is the God of America? Amen, church. He's ahead of the church. And so we hear all these things and we go, well, what are we going to do if they do shoot weapons towards us? Well, we got God on our side. Well, what are we going to do if this falls? We got God on our side. Why is it when trouble comes, we are some of the first ones to forget if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, church. I mean, we are so easy. We give in to all these things just too easily, and we've got to learn to stand and believe God. Now, I won't go into it, but I found something here very interesting, and and, and I'm praying about it, and I want you to pray about it. In Judges chapter 3, In Judges chapter 5 and in Judges chapter 8, there's three chapters. And in these chapters, Israel had rebelled against God and started worshiping other idols, so God gave them to their enemies. But all of a sudden it says, like for example in chapter 3, that Caleb's little brother received the Spirit of God upon him, rose up, brought Israel back to God, attacked the enemy, and it says that God gave Israel 40 years of peace and rest. And then in chapter 5, they had already backslidden again, going back to worshiping other gods. God rose up another generation. They started repenting and serving God. It says there a second time, God gave them 40 years of peace and rest. And then you go to chapter 8. They had backslidden again and God raised up Gideon. And after Gideon with his few rose up and conquered the enemy, it says a third time that God gave them 40 more years of peace and rest. And through the Bible, you can find that there is a chain there about a 40 year of God holding back His wrath, pushing back the powers of the enemy, having mercy upon His people and delivering them and blessing them. And it says, and they would dwell in quiet and rest. Could it be that we are at the crossroads right now? And is this something that right now there are politicians on TV saying that if we put the wrong man in office, It will push us back 40 years. The world is speaking 40 years. But I'm reading in the Word of God that if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face, let the church get reattached to a holy, omnipotent God. He said, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Could it be what everybody's looking as the end and a disaster? Could it be that the God who time and time again gave 40 more years of mercy. Could it be that God is about ready to give us 40 more years of mercy? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? I'm not, I'm not prophesying here. I just, in the Word, saw where even though they had got into the most wickedness of sin, and turn their back on God and build idols to God. That God, they repented and God said, okay, 40 more years. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind seeing 85. 40 more years, I'd be 85. She'd still be chasing me. 
And I'm not ready to go out of 85. And I'm not ready to see America go down now. I'm not ready to see a nation that was dedicated for the glory of God go down because the church was quiet and the world got out there and started doing all their work. I believe it. I want to see a church arise in this hour who will stand up to McDonald's and Ford and all these others and say abortion is going to end in America and God is going to bring a movement of revival and restoration for His glory. Amen, church. Glory be to God. Are you here? Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away your confidence. It has recompense of reward. That word recompense means that which comes out of God's own pocket. You want me? Keep your confidence in me. You want to see my miracles? You want to see me operate in this hour? Keep your confidence in me and don't give it away. The word confident there means just not speaking, but boldly declaring, roaring like a lion. First Thessalonians 2, 2, Paul says, I was bold in our God to speak. How many know that we've got to be bold enough to speak up? Amen, church. There is a sound that needs to come out. There is a sound in prayer. We were here Tuesday night. I can't get over how many people showed up Tuesday night. And there was some roaring. And there was some declaring. And there was some praying. And there was some worshiping. And there was some travail and intercession of people praying and declaring. And and praying out to God. Reaching out to God. I'm telling you, there is a sound. You're going to find yourself at times wondering, man, I'm out loud. Can people hear me? They ought to hear you. You ought to walk around Walmart. Oh, what country are you from? I'm from America, but I got something from above. Hallelujah. I do speak another language. Now listen, 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that He hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. How many of you know God hears you when you pray? I don't see very many hands. Show the devil. How many of you know God hears you when you pray? Then why are we talking what the devil's saying instead of talking about what God promised to hear us and to give us? Amen. You can look at Psalm 65, 5 through 9. It says, He is faithful to answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth. In 118.8, it says, Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but you destroyed them with your authority in the Lord. Proverbs 14.26, we read that those who fear the Lord are secure and will be a refuge for their children. Hallelujah. Verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain and it offers escape. From the snares of death. Ephesians 3.12. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we now come boldly and confidently into His presence. Psalms 27, verses 1 and 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Not me, they will stumble and fall. Through a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. My heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, listen to what David says, I will remain confident. Even if my finances are attacked, I will remain confident. Even if my body is attacked, I will remain confident. Even if my nation's being attacked, I will remain confident because the Lord has surely sworn that He will be our shield and our protector. Do you hear me, church? So quickly, I'll give you these points. Write this down. Number one, we're going to walk in the confidence of God 
And I read these scriptures quickly. And you can get the CD or it's on the uh, internet. You can look it down there. You download it free. But listen to this. Number one, we need to learn to be confident in God's wisdom and God's understanding. Listen, have you ever been to a place where you say, I just don't know what to do? Well, that's the place to grow in understanding the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Let's take Job. Job didn't understand what was happening to him. In all that he went through, he cursed the day he was born. He wished he had never been born. He cried and wailed because of his afflictions. But listen to me, America. In all of this, Job did not blame God. You hear that for today? In all of this, God, Job did not blame or curse God. And let me tell you about something about Job. Job had his friends and they were telling Job all that they were thinking. But Job came to the point one day where he didn't know what to do. He had all these questions about why did my children die? Why did I lose everything? You gave it to me. Why did I lose everything? And one day God came in a whirlwind and spoke to Job. And he started asking Job huge questions. Now listen, he started asking Job, were you there when I threw the stars out in space? Were you there when I created the earth? How did I do it? And God started asking Job questions that Job never asked. Because God wanted to know, Job, God wanted Job to know God in a way that he never knew by answering questions he had never asked. Could it be that we're not advancing because we keep asking the same questions instead of growing in confidence in a God who knows even the answers to the questions that we haven't even asked yet. In the 30-something years I've served the Lord, you know how many times He has answered me? Not according to my questions, but according to His infinite wisdom. And it brought me to a point where, wow, that's not what I asked you. But now I see. When I come into contact with God. My questions aren't important anymore. When I get in the presence of God, I forget my questions because of the awesomeness of my God. And that's where true confidence grows. What are we going to do? We're not going to worry about it. Who are we going to run to? The Lord. Which bank will help us? The bank of heaven. What are we going to do? No, no, no. When I get in the presence of God, my questions just don't seem anything anymore. You know what Joseph said when they came into Joseph? They said, what you meant for evil, God turned into good. But you know how many years Joseph must have questioned God? Why did I get sold? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Let me, let me share something with you that, that, that I, I think I'll help you to. The Bible starts with the perfect beginning and it ends with a perfect ending. But there's a lot of up and downs in the middle. Job starts with a good beginning and ends with a twofold ending. But there's a lot of up and downs. Every book you can read has a good beginning and has a good ending. But it had some up and down time in the middle. So I want you to know the book that God wrote about you in the womb of your mother. It was a good beginning. 
But I promise you, you've got a good ending too. And you may see some things go like this, just like Job and Joseph and David and so many others. It wasn't a silver lining the whole time. Not everything always was perfect, but it always had a way in the confidence of God that it was going to work out. I'm in the prison. I've been lied about. I've been cheated. I've been stoned. I've been sold. But there's got to be a way that God's going to take what seems like the end, turn it into a new ending, going to make me come out better than I ever came out before if we just do not lose our confidence in the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Amen, Amen, church. we got to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of God. He appears to God and he shares these things and he meets the real God. Number two, I'm confident that you hear me and you answer me. If we're going to make it through these end times, we've got to be confident in the wisdom of God who is all-knowing. And we've got to be confident that God hears us when we pray. Amen. Philippians 1.20 says, This is my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing shall I be ashamed. But with all boldness as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified. Number three, we've got to grow in the confidence of God's grace. Paul says, I am pushed beyond measure. I'm going through all of these things. What can I do? God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul said, God, take this away from me. He says, I'm not going to take it away from you. I'm not going to get it off of you. I'm going to give you grace that you are able to stand. Confidence in the grace of God. Number four, I'm confident in the forgiveness of God to forgive me of my sins. If we're going to walk through these last times, we're going to have to be confident that there is nothing between me and God and that if I have failed, which I do fail, and if I have sinned and I do sin, God is faithful to forgive me of all my sins. Number five, I'm confident that you, that we are becoming what we were created to be, that God gets the glory. I'm confident that when I am weak, number six, I'm confident that when I'm weak, that He's promised to be strong and lift me up. Number seven, I'm confident that you are providing more than enough, not only for my needs, but also for the needs of others. Number eight, I'm confident in your plenty and what looks like lack will be turned around. Number nine, I'm confident that though I'm in tears, I shall end up in joy and laughter because you are my refuge, my courage, my counselor, my encounter. You are everything to give me confidence. The more I know God, listen, the more I know God, the more I want to express God. Even in the hard, in the difficult times. And that's what God is wanting to build in his church. Can I hear it? Amen. The word quietness means to lie quietly and undisturbed. And I'll finish with this. It means to lie quietly and undisturbed. But it also uses the word unmolested. Unmolested. How many of you know that molestation stays with a person forever? But when you get in that place of rest and quietness, then there is no 